When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at LoveSportRadio on Twitter. I apologise for the extended introduction there. I mean, I've just taken an absolute beating off Lee McQueen, McAneagan, <laughs> over for no apparent reason. I was just asked my, a question by one of our uh, panel this evening, Chris Callan. How do you sit going on Sunday? And I said, look, but this is for the first time in years, I just don't think we're going to take an absolute beating like we have. And he goes, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. That, that disgrace, Paul Pogba. And I was, it is oh, a disgrace. Mate, oh. Let me tell you something. I'm back. I'm back from my midwinter break. And tonight, <laughs> baby, we're going to have Sorry, it. You've just been battering Man United for going on a midwinter break. You've just had two weeks in where? Uh, in Florida, Orlando. <laughs> <You're going back>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How are the Gators, all right? Yeah, the Gators are sweet, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Mickey and Minnie, they send their love. Yeah, nice one. Nice one. Uh, welcome. To Lee McCoyne, welcome to Chris Callan, and welcome to Ricky Sachs from Last Word on Spurs. This is, of course, your Tottenham Hotspur fan show on Love Sport Radio. Uh, I am the officiator, if you like to call me that. The uh, Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. I, uh, my name's Aaron Paul, guiding you through the next couple of hours of Spurs chat. Chaps, a uh, good week for Spurs? Great week so far. Yeah, but even better than get the result on Sunday. But yeah, Chelsea game, listen, wasn't you know the most best performance but I think end of the day we're taking an advantage into the second leg at Stanford Bridge it's not going to be an easy game but I think 
that was a coming of age performance from Spurs. We've been talking about in the past that this team have maybe struggled to see out high pressure must win games. And I think that's exactly what we did against Chelsea on Tuesday night. It was a team collective effort. I don't think, oh, you maybe could say Gazaniga, a great save at 1-0 on the brink of half time. But I think Danny Rose is also very good. I think it was a real team collective performance. And I was so proud of the players that we came out taking an advantage in the second leg. And of course, it's half time. Can't get too carried away. But we've got that all important first goal. I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, it's actually really refreshing to watch this Spurs side continually coming out and doing different things, diff- different ways, learning from mistakes in the past. You know, that, that game would have been a, a lost maybe two, three, four seasons ago. You know, you could have you could have easily seen them scoring that bit of luck that they had from uh, Hudson uh, uh, Doy uh, that uh, that nearly went in, what the, the Gazaniga um, save that you're referring to, Ricky. And actually, you know, we needed a, a little bit of luck. I'm sure we got into VAR at, at some point. But the reality of the situation is, I think it was a thoroughly professional performance. And yeah... Chelsea shaded it, but not in the column that matters. And, and I think the column said Tottenham won, Chelsea nil. There you have it, Chris. What'd you make of it? Well, we got the win. That was the most important thing. Uh, we've got a one nil lead to go in, into the second leg at Stamford Bridge. Um, I think you're right, Lee. We we certainly learnt um, from games like this before. You know, last year, last season, West Ham, Man United, Juventus, we lost in cup competitions. I feel like we've really learnt from these sorts of games. And like you just said, a year or two ago, perhaps we would have lost that Chelsea game. But um, it surprised me, actually, how much negativity from Spurs fans that there was having won 1-0. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, we, it's a cup game. It, don't, it doesn't really matter how we played. We, we got through the game. We've, we've won 1-0. And, um, you know, we're 90 minutes away now from the cup final. So that's the main thing. That is the main thing. Uh, let's uh, let's get the opinion of uh, of a Spurs fan. Jace joins us on the line. Sick note. He's, he's, well, sick note. Yeah, I thought it was Darren Anderton, but no, it's uh, <laughs> it's Jace who's on the line with us tonight. Oh, eight seventy twenty five five eight. If you want to have your say tonight, how are you, sick note? Grace Lane's a bit playing up as well, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> tight package, tight package. Right. Just like the massage table, getting the injuries seen to. <laughs> good lad, good lad. <laughs> It was a late fitness test, wasn't it, Jase? Late fitness test. How you doing? Fe- Happy New Year, fella. F- failed the fitness test, but I gave the nurse five quid to make sure I failed it, so that's all right. <laughs> Quality stuff. What's your observations, Jase, uh, for, for the Chelsea game, mate? I thought, for me personally, I thought it was a brilliant win because, you know, I think you all know I have a... I, I, I'm not a Chelsea fan, that's for sure, but I have a grudging respect for how, how Chelsea get results on the pitch. And I thought Tottenham won it the way that Chelsea have beaten us so many times. Mm. When you go back to that 4-2 semi-final, we sat there and we said we dominated possession that day. We had most of the play and Chelsea were just ruthlessly went and caught us on the break, didn't they? And they strangled the life out of the game at times. I loved the bit where Harry Kane went down went with down, an injury yeah. that he never had. And just, just when a real bit of momentum was going up, he said, no. Nope, time to, to let the physio come in, kill some time from this game. It's all the ways that Chelsea have, have done to us. So I was really pleased to see us almost turn the tails on Chelsea and say, right, we can do it that way. And, and it kind of matched what Pochettino said the, in his press conference, didn't it, about we Being have to do things a little stuff. bit dirty, a yeah. little bit naughty yeah. or something like that. And it's, it's what I've said, it's game craft. It's, it's the last bit for us to learn, to, to do the, the little bits of game craft you need. And I thought, you know, Chelsea... Had a hell of a lot of the game, but they didn't have too many 
what you call clear-cut chances. Most of it was shots from outside the box and things like that. So, you know, other than Christensen's miss from that from the corner, I can't really remember them where you, you thought, well, you should score from that situation. You know what I mean? So yeah, the yeah, fact that Kante's one came off his knee, you think, well, if you're playing Chelsea and you're going to concede a chance, hopefully it falls to, to Kante, not to Eden Hazard or Pedro or someone. So, no, I was pleased with it, mate. Jace, what do you reckon? You know, because a lot of people after the game, Chris alluded to it, there seemed a bit of negativity towards the fact they're only taking a 1-0 lead into the second leg. Do you feel Spurs are holding a command enough lead to go into Stamford Bridge or do you think we should have maybe tried to, I don't know, have more advantage in the game? We did, we did sit back, but I think overall that was a, a team collective decent performance from Spurs. No, I, th- I think in an ideal world you'd go there, but I said, didn't I, on the preview show, my, my feeling is that Chelsea will play it as a two-legged cup tie and Tottenham will try and go hell for leather and win win both games almost as individual games. And, and you have to bear in mind it is two legs. There's no away goals or anything like that, is there, in this one? So I just feel that for us to, to, to knock Chelsea out of this competition and go on, we're going to have to go through absolute hell for it, if you know what I mean. We're going to be tested more than we'll ever get tested again type of thing. We're going to have to have real take cover at times and just think there'll be times in a game where you think it's all going against us and I think we'll go right through the ringer and it wouldn't surprise me even if we have to go through a, a penalty shootout but I think we will get through the tie Blimey, sure. Jay, don't do that to We don't want that. I think it's just, I think it's Spurs, Chelsea and we will have to go through absolute hell to to get there and but I, I have a real feeling this side will do it this time and, and that question of the bottle tag will be will be really pushed on us and it will be a case of yep they really have shown they've got the bottle this time I, I agree with you Jason I, I've got a really good feeling about this year and uh, the, you know the way that we've turned the corner and the way that we are grinding these results out and it just proves in the Premier League that we've not drawn a game yet because we are turning um, a lot of games that would have been draws before now into wins and that is why we're up there. That is why we're sitting in third place, only six points behind Liverpool, two behind Man City. And, uh, you know, I love the way that we've been grinding out the results this season. And in my opinion, I still don't think that um, fans have seen the best of us yet. And I think the, the best times are still to come in this season. Yeah, I think, you know, all season we've, we, you know, we had the, the criticisms, haven't we? Spurs don't, don't know how to win ugly and they, they can only win when they're playing really well. But as you said, the first from more or less from August to November. We, we do, I don't think we won one game by more than one goal, hardly, did we? It was They were all real grinding-out type of games. And uh, we had that little purple patch in December. But no, you're right. I think we're I, I, really looking forward to the second leg. It'll be a nervous night, but I'm, I'm very confident we'll get through it. Poch always says, doesn't he, uh, lads and listeners, he always talks about these games being 50-50. And, and for me, that game was all, was very much a 50-50 game uh, on Tuesday. I think it would be the same in the return leg. I think any Spurs fans that are kind of looking at that and moaning or whinging need to have a look at themselves. Uh, we, we ain't beaten Chelsea for, uh, at Stanford Bridge, for example, until last season for 28 years. You know, we're now at the top table. We're competing. Three consecutive wins against three Chelsea. Three consecutive yeah. wins against Mental. Chelsea. Yeah. We're, we're beating them 4-0 on aggregate at the moment. Um, over over the two games that we've currently played them, do you know what I mean? And and I don't. And uh, the massive positive that I see from from that game on Tuesday is that Delhi, Christian Eriksen, um, and Son. You could argue they played different positions, but you could argue they didn't have the best of games. So on that basis, there's still even more to come with the second leg. 
I think as well, the, the big thing that we've shown Chelsea in this time is we used to go there almost mentally beaten. They loved us playing Tottenham, didn't they? Absolutely. It was like, oh, I mean, a couple of years ago, if they'd have drawn Tottenham in the cup, they'd have rubbed their hands. Totally. Now, they think this Tottenham side is, is our biggest test. We've, we've almost become their, their, you know, their big game like they used to be to us. So I think that's, that's good. And there's definite respect by Chelsea towards Tottenham now. They know we can hurt them just as much. And I think that will play to our favour. So, yeah, I'm confident for that second leg to come. But the, the penalty business, I mean, we've always said as well, haven't we? It's tiny, tiny margins. You know, if, if, the, if the flag goes up, which it, or rather if the VAR goes against us, we don't score the goal. That's how tiny the margins can be sometimes. So hopefully we, we get those still go our way in the second leg. It's a, it's 100% is it a penalty. I don't know how many people were stupidly saying Kane dived. It's absolutely ridiculous. It was an assault on him. I mean, you can't possibly say that's a dive. <laughs> it's a point he's down on the pitch. But, <laughs> all right, but I, I can understand the fact that the TV VAR line only ever seems to get drawn to the to the player's feet, not the you know, not the part of the body that you can score from. So, I, you know, I, I'd say probably Chelsea do have a case for saying it should have been as offside. But, but for the idiots that are saying Kane dived, I think well, it had to be one of the easiest penalties you'll ever give. Yeah, certainly. Jace, get yourself back on that massage table, pal, and enjoy <laughs> the rest of the show. Enjoy the rest of the show. Like We're going to have to go for a break. Super. Thank you very much for joining us. There is uh, our very own sick note, uh, Jace, joining us there on Love Sport Radio. 0208 70 25 Adam uh, is on the line. We'll be with you right after a short pause. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Uh, 2019, a new year, but still oh, the same. Very, very sensual dancing from uh, for, from Mac and Eager there. Yeah, I've got to come back with some hip thrusts after the new year because I put a bit of, uh, do you know what I mean, extra poundage on uh, <laughs> over the Christmas period. You know what I mean? So I've got to get that off. Uh, by the way, you're looking uh, tr- trim, Alan. Oh yeah, been uh, been you know, you know down you the old, been, uh, down the gym. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's Happy it. You know, days. staying away from the chicken. Shout out to Stuart Clements, by the way. <laughs> hey, yeah, Stuart Shout out to Stuart. That is looking mighty fine, may I say? No condiments though. No. What's going on, mate? Maybe you just took it without the salt and pepper on. Didn't want to put the didn't want to put the sauces on. We, 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 need, we need the sauce. We need the sauce. Uh, let's talk to Adam. He is in the USA. He's a Spurs fan. How are you, Adam? Hey, how's it going? Yes. Yeah. So sort of happy new Hello, year. Hello, Adam. Bro. Happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. I just wanted to say, based uh, touching on what Jason was saying before the break, that uh, it's like <clears throat> you always seem to be able to find a, a camera angle where everything looks like a dive if someone's legs not broken off. 
Yeah, exactly right. I mean, video technology and technology coming into 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 football is relatively new, isn't it, guys? In terms of for us, I mean, we've had goal line technology and that sort of stuff in for a while, but VAR is going to take a while to get used to. But I, I, I personally am an advocate of it. I think it, I can, it can only help the game. I think if anything can get the right decisions, um, then it can only help. And by God, that was the right decision on Tuesday. Absolutely, absolutely the right decision. But. If you are sat in the stadium, it is extremely... It's hard work, isn't it? It is hard work. Chris, because you're, hard work. you're all looking round, you're all talking to the next person, saying what's happening, what's happening. and um, They need to come up with some sort of way in the stadium of letting fans know what's, 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 like, like, what's in, happening. In the cricket, I don't know if any of you guys are cricket fans or whatever, but in the cricket, it was a great day by the way, going down to one day as all the T20s. But in, in the cricket, <laughs> they show it on the screen yeah. like, to see what's happening. Like to see, That's what they should bring in to, to, to VAR because... Like you, I was in the stadium on Tuesday, and you know, you you get the whole, you got a, a message now on the screen to say, "Oh, we're checking VAR," yeah. which is an improvement from the Rochdale game last season. What's going on? That, yeah. You literally didn't have a clue. Yeah. But after that, you kind of had what ninety seconds of, "Well, is it? Is it not? Is it not?" And then obviously, when he blows up and says, "Yeah, it's a penalty," like the box thing, and then bang, it's a penalty. Obviously, we do, go do mad. You know what the problem yeah. is, What's not that? every ground's got a screen. Is that is that the case? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I maybe. can name you one big one. Old Trafford ain't got a screen. They've really? got a little, they've got an old scoreboard. Yep. Oh, but that, that's your fans' problems. We got we got the largest screens in the in the land, mate. In the new stadium, mate, I would have taken those second hand ones from from the tops of White Hart Lane. You know, there's massive ones. I would have taken them any day, any day, and and that little scrolling one. You know that that little one that you scroll the messages with the, with the uh, happy birthday. Messages. The happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. That was the best screen in the world. Uh, so Alan Sugar, Lord, Lord Sugar, my my very own uh, uh, boss. <laughs> he put them in. He was responsible for the Sony. Went up there and done them himself. He, he did, mate. He fit fit him himself. himself. Um, Adam, uh, you looking forward to the game this weekend, pal? Oh, man, I'm off Sunday. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I also wanted to say real fast um, that before the holiday fixture started, I remember thinking that with the injuries that we had, that I was just worried that, you know, the fatigue would set in and we'd have some trouble. Looking back over the holiday, I really don't think we could have wished for anything better than what we got results-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 points out of 21 wasn't it, it was uh, absolutely amazing I, I, think the, the, I think the only result for, for all of us that sticks in the throat is the Wolves game I think that's the obvious mm, one yeah. um, I, I was a little bit re- reversed to you Adam actually I, I was on the show pre-holiday season or, or Christmas break and uh, I actually said that I think we get 50 points uh, by the Man United game and we're two points behind where I thought we'd be So, and, and that is essentially down to, to, to the Wolves game you're smiling at me Rick because you know I, I said damn it damn you Lee McQueen I know I know because, predictions you know, and n- n- notoriously Pochettino's team are very good over the Christmas period and you know to, to, to get 18 points out of 21 games with all the injuries that we've got has been a remarkable return mm-hmm. I mean we are absolutely flying this year, this year and uh, yeah I, I think I think we're doing brilliantly that's the, thing, that's the thing as well uh, people think we've got a very weak squad uh, I agree but the amount of injuries that we've had this season is, is incredible the position we're in and we're still in all four competitions quadruple Adam, we're going to have to leave it there, pal, because we're going to have to go to a right. By the way, Anfield hasn't got a screen either. Oh, God, it's all these uh, clubs uh, north of the border. Yeah, it is. Well, the Watford Gap. You border. need to get up there, get your sales <laughs> kit out, <laughs> start selling some TVs. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get Sugar back again. Exactly. Sugar's wants a refund. Uh, Dave uh, in Essex will be with you after a short pause. This is last, Love Sport with last word on Spurs. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. 
Lee McQueen's just invited Chris Callum around for a cup of tea. I'm his neighbour. He's never invited me around. Yeah, actually, we do live quite close together. Yeah, don't we? we do, don't we? We do. Yeah, never invited me around. No, no. you'll have to. You'll have to get the uh, your driver to bring you around, Darren. You know I will, I mean? mate. I will. He just wants me to talk about roof cassettes. That's all it is. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you half, yeah. to measure up yes. his roof. Yes. He wants I you to measure it up. Chris Carlin, roof the cassette. The excitement in Lee when I said to Chris, Chris is coming on the show. No, Chris Carlin's coming. Yeah, Chris is I coming. I wait, mate. I was loving he's it. Told, he's like, he's told his, his missus he's getting the house re-roof for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's he's, doing me. He's giving got, you a bell. He's giving panel, you a bell. Panels and roof cassettes. Uh, let's talk to Dave. He's in Southend on C. How are you, Dave? Uh, Dave. Yeah, fine. Good to see you. Good you to hear Dave? from you. Hello, Chris. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, fine. Uh, thank you for all these updates that you're doing for the stadium. Yes, I thought I'd get that shout in first out. before I uh, join the debate. Thank you. And, um, you know, it's really appreciated because I don't think the uh, the club is doing... Yeah, you're doing the, the club's work for them, actually, aren't you, in a way? <laughs> well, it's, it's been a labour of love. You know, something I've really enjoyed doing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I've well, enjoyed it. I think it's been very well appreciated, I think, um, with... with you know, with what you're doing, um, you're keeping fans in the in the loop. Thank you. Yeah, agree. What about a win, Dave, against Chelsea? You happy with that? Happy with the performance? Yeah, very happy. I was at the game, um, and I heard what the comments were about. You know, I mean, I instinctively thought it was a penalty. I mean, I didn't even think about the offside at first, <laughs> and I wondered what all the fuss was about. But uh, really, um, he should have just given it. I think just given a penalty rather than waiting a minute, a minute and a half. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't think Pochettino or Sari were happy with VAR, but uh, either of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's coming next year for in the league matches, so uh, it'll clear up um, a lot of debates. But I just think, that, uh, like the, the other gentleman said, we need to get the fans who are actually in the game need to know what's going on. What what I find funny with it is VAR. In my opinion, I think that you like the FA Cup for instance. Some games it's used, some games it's not. If you're going to use it, then use it. Mm. I, I I just I'm not a fan really of using it just for some matches and not others. You're either going to introduce it or you're not. Absolutely, yeah. And the other thing was I wasn't even aware. I was only I was I was sort of looking around. I wasn't even aware VAR was in on for that game. It mm. wasn't until the the match stopped. And they're all looking round. That um, I even realised uh, that that was a situation. It's a funny one because they they bring it into certain rounds of certain cup competitions. It was in the yeah. FA Cup last year's Spurs well known against Rochdale. It was here. It's there. It's everywhere. They're kind of trialing it's, it. It's, though, it's weird That's why. though. Mm. They, they need to be more specific. They announce these things midway through a season, and and they're not very clear. And I, and I find this is very very sort of symptomatic of what the FA do yeah. and what the Premier League do. They like introducing various things, you know, and go, we're going to try all this. And it's like, oh, it's just turned up. Here you go. And 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 it, it's kind of to the detriment of the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because really the people on the television know more than we do in the, in the ground. Dave, what did you make of the manner of the performance just out of interest against Chelsea? Because I think there's been like, a mixed reaction. I mean, Chris brought up at yeah. the start that some weren't that happy about the, f- the way we played. But for me, you know, you look at Spurs' this season, I think when you analyse some of our big pressure high victories, the likes of PSV, Inter Milan, I put it into that category. You know, the Chelsea win is yeah. another game where there's massive pressure on us to get over the line and win the game. And I think we've done that. And I think it's all about trying to take that advantage down to the second leg, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. The thing is, we're getting more streetwise. The thing was, I mean, I... I I mean, last year when we played Juventus, we got a draw out there, which was a hard 
place they obviously go draw from. We go one nil up, sixtieth <coughs> minute, and then <coughs> arguably we should be shutting the game down. And what what happens is I bring on a couple of runners, um, and they two goals uh, are scored in in three minutes. Higuain scored and um, Dimbala scored, you know, and, and Sanchez was left floundering on the floor for the for the Dimbala goal. <coughs> Uh, it just run through right through, but I think together against the Chelsea game, we were more we were getting more streetwise. As someone touched on earlier about this being a bit naughty. Um, it's, it's you know I hate to say gamesmanship because otherwise we're going back to the Leeds United situation of years ago. But we don't want to get to that to that uh, phase. But uh, I just I just think that um, it was uh, someone else said. It was just lovely to, to actually finish the game one 0 It's an e- it's a game we could mm. easy of they've drawn or lost. Definitely, definitely, Dave. Uh, stay warm in South, and it's getting a bit nippy nowadays, isn't it? It's getting a bit nippy, don't you? Don't yeah, Lee, Lee McQueen, you agree with that? It's nippy in here, mate. It's Blimey, getting, it's aircon. Getting, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about outside. It's like the Antarctic in <laughs> here. I'm talking about outside. On. We all, <laughs> <laughs> all wrapped up nicely. Thanks, Dave, for your call, Thank buddy. you very much uh, for your uh, for your contribution this evening, Dave. Let's talk to Mark. He is uh, in South London, I believe. How are you, Mark? How are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, good to have you on board. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Mark, too. Exactly, Mark. A win is a win, and uh, you know to to go into the second leg, you know one nil up. It could have been a lot worse, and perhaps in the past it, it it would have been worse than that. But very very happy, and I I feel very confident that that we are going to get in that final this year. Yeah, because we need a final. We need a trophy for us. We need a trophy for the lads. Yeah, I mean the lads need a trophy to to show that all the all the years they've been putting in. Yeah, I mean this is the reward that we're going to get, and no matter how we get there, we get there. Yeah, I mean. The, I thought Mark it was a good performance from us in a sense of you know the, a maturity piece managing the game like we talk, talked about earlier you know it doesn't sometimes you, you know we scored seven against uh, Tramir like the, the game before and you know, we're never going to do that against Chelsea per se although we did Absolutely ripping a new one at Wembley early in the season. Of course, if we remember that, but you know the one, the one, the one nil going to Stamford Bridge. That is a good, significant. I think. Here's my thoughts. I think they were under pressure. They are under pressure. Oh, you know, they're yes. trying oh. to get there. They're the only club at the moment that are really talking about transfers. They got Callum Wilson and got Higuain, and they got this, and they got, and they signed um, Persich and all that sort of stuff. And you're looking at they're under pressure. He's under pressure. They're four points behind us in the league. They're one nil down in a cup semi final uh, coming. Into the second leg, we beat we we tore them a new one at their place last year. I think they're under pressure, lads. Don't you? Don't you're you? Right, they're Europa League. We're Champions League. Yeah. My, my my pal yesterday, um, yeah. my pal yesterday turned around to me and he asked me, "Is this the worst squad you've seen in Roman Bramford's era at Chelsea?" And I said, "100, percent 100." percent If you look at how how, how poor Chelsea, he asked me if he re- if, if I reckon Sarri will stick out to the end of the season. 
Mm, interesting. It's interesting. it's it, they they they're dropping points in places that they mm. they haven't usually dropped points. And as Chris said before, it's it's the opposite with Spurs, where you're picking up wins yeah. in place of those draws. Yeah, Mark, um, do you think that we're doing at Stamford Bridge? No, 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 no. I think we can also go. We can always go there and get a get a goal. I think we can go to most stadiums and get a goal. We, we, our away form is really really good at the moment, so nipping a goal there, we can do that. And I think we, I think we've got, we got this in the bag. Mark, Good you're right. a gentleman. Thank you very much for Good your man, uh, for your Thanks, comments Mark. and your positivity. We do appreciate it. O two o eight seventy twenty five five eight is the number to call this evening if you want to have your say on all things Spurs. We're going to be looking ahead to the Man United game after eight o'clock tonight. And uh, I'll tell you what, we'll come back with some of your listener questions next. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Paddy raves are back, aren't yeah. they? You can tell he's back, Paddy, can't you? Because the music has kind of changed again. The music again. is there. The, the, music, the music is there. The tunes are there. He is the selector on the Thursday night. The vibe is in the house, isn't it, Aaron? Exactly. Thursday night across the capital. This is Love Sport Radio with Last Word on Spurs. Let's go for some of your listener questions. And I hand to Christopher Cowlin, Labour. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got a question here oh. um, at Het Spurs. With Moussa Dembele leaving, could we be buying a midfielder this window? I think Pochettino has already said that we're not buying anyone this window. And uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that we're not buying anyone this window. Um, I think it's very... I've said it before, I think it's going to be a very hard task in buying anybody who would go straight into our team because I think our team is superb anyway. Um, the bench is definitely um, the, only, the only place we can improve. And I think when we get all of our injured players back, I think we will have one of the best squads in the Premier League. Moussa Dembele leaving, if that does happen, it, you know, it, it looks like it's going to. Mm. Um, I don't think we've missed him that much this year because of the transformation of Moussa Sissoko in, yeah. in, in, in midfield. Um, but Moussa Dembele has been a, a superb player for Spurs and if he does leave, then uh, I wish him all the best because uh, he has been one of those players who, who, who you just love to watch. His tack- you know, um, tackling ability and... You know, just driving the team forward. He's, he's been superb for us. Absolutely, yeah. I, I totally agree. He's been fantastic. Um, I've got another one. I'll go for go for it, Rick. Thank you. Um, I've got a question here from at Stunning Spurs. It says happy with a win, but are you guys concerned how we performed in the second half? Our defence was solid, but I felt we were lacking in midfield. Are we missing Dembele like player in midfield to kill off games when we're ahead? I think it's quite an interesting one. Uh, following on from from Chris, uh, the question you just read out. I actually was really happy with the way we we managed that game, like we've said about already. So I'm not actually concerned in the second half. I think what you've got to remember is Chelsea are a quality side. And although they might have not the best squad that they've had under Bramwich, their first 11 and the people they put out, they are a very, very good side. Mm. And the way we managed the game around Eden Hazard, for example, was 
was first class. I don't think he had an opportunity until the 70th minute. Um, and although they did have uh, stats-wise, they did have more chances on goal than us. That, like Jay said earlier, I don't think anything really threatened us at all. Um, you know, we, we, it felt like uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this against Chelsea, by the way, but it felt like we were in, in control. To be honest, yeah. I, I didn't feel that, that worried about it. So I don't think we're we're worried. I think it was a fantastic professional performance, and uh, I think uh, come on, you Spurs. A couple of questions in from Robert Reed and THFC Fanatical just in relation to the Kane incident where he went down and some thought he may have been injured, but he was, I think, playing a wonderful bit of gamesmanship there for Spurs. Bit of gamecraft, as Jason would love to say. Um, question here, it says, did Harry Kane fake injury to allow Potts to talk to Delhi and Son when Chelsea were pushing so hard? Harry went down, clearly nothing wrong with him, and it was clear Potts told him to. Have you ever seen a Spurs team working so closely with the manager before? Well, I think you can see it a lot with this particular manager that the players, they absolutely adore him. And I do believe that Harry Kane knew exactly what he was doing when he went down for that moment in time. 100% agree. It was a wonderful bit of play from Spurs because we don't see that enough down the years. You watch other teams do it. We talk about Juventus doing it down the years and Man United of old under Fergie. That is how teams like that go on to win trophies. That little bit of, like I say there, that bit of skill to know when to break up a game when maybe it's not going your way. And Harry Kane, I think he's a... Chelsea can't stand him. Scores all the time. Now he's been labelled a diver. For me, it was a 100% penalty that we discussed. And as I said, I think the most crucial thing about that all is that Spurs have shown again, you know, we've beaten Chelsea three times in a row, where in the past, playing Chelsea was a bit of a mentally stumbling block for this side. But we've now come through that. And I think we should go to that second leg with no fear at all whatsoever. We've been to the bridge last season. We won at the bridge last season. There's no reason why this group can't go there and do it again. And, oh, it, and, agree. and the great thing is, whenever you speak to any Spurs fan before any game, no matter who we're playing, mm. everyone's so confident uh, yeah, that, that we're going to win. And you didn't ever used to feel like that when we played Arsenal, when we played Chelsea, mm. other big games, Man United. You know, <laughs> feel very, very comfortable before these games now that we're going to win. I mean, you, you look at it, you look at Man United away this year, you look at Barcelona in the new camp, you look at Arsenal away in the Carabao mm. Cup, you look, you look at Chelsea away last season... You know, a couple of seasons ago, it was Man, United it was Man, Man City seen, as well. Yeah. That's what I say, like yeah, 3 yeah. 0 Man United already this season. We're going to places and winning. Like last year, went up to Anfield, got a 2 2 in the, in the um, you know, in the, in that game as well, publicised. So, look, we can go and, and go to places and get big, big wins, big results. Real Madrid last season as well. So, I've got no, there's no fear. And I think for me, Christian Eriksen's interview, I think it was after the cup game recently, summed it up for me. I think it was on, uh, on BT Sport and he, and he talked about, the players are going in having no fear and they're and they're and you know they think they're going to win every game and that's just massive for confidence we always talk about it it's small margins we always talk about it on the show um and it is fine margins but i think the margin that we've got is fine as in one nil but it might well be enough uh, i've got a tweet from uh from beard Go on, as- uh he says hey boys catching catching to live this time so the question we're all dying to know is what does musa dembele think of his song getting used for musa sissoka I think it's a it's a it's actually quite a nice baton changeover, isn't it? You know, like like Chris just said, I totally echo. I think Musa Dembele has been absolutely fantastic for us. The way he glides, holds off people. There's no one quite like him. I don't think we're we're seeing another player like the way he, he elegant, he trained, he glides very elegant. The, the way he glides, amazing. You know, for him to go and get a big money move for for to China, he's in his last six months of his contract. I, I wish him all the best. I think the fact that I I bang about this all the time on the pod and on the show as well to give other people opportunities it's not just about signing players all the time and you have to have uh, uh, people to be able to come in Sissoko for probably first two years 
utter shambles in terms of however he was. No, no one thought he could do what he's done. But actually, everybody loves, especially in the UK, loves a, 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 a story which is, I'm downbeat and I'm going to go up and you know become one of a hero. Soko's done that. Mm. No, he's a people's rock. He's a people's choice now. So to have his own song as Musa Sissoko, I think it's fantastic. And you know, I was singing in that his his name against uh, in Real Madrid away last season, and I gave him the Dem- uh, it's not me that gave him it, but I was singing <laughs> it. I gave him uh, I gave him a Musa Dembele tune because I couldn't think of anything else. And I just I love it the fact that fans are singing that now. Let me ask you, Chris. Paolo Gazzaniga, yeah. he's got this wonderful record at the moment where every game he plays, he's, he, uh, we end up winning. Nine out of nine. Yeah, nine out of nine. And he, he's he's not exactly young anymore. I remember when uh, Southampton right, yeah. signed him from Gillingham, everyone was sitting there going, How old do you think he on? is, Aaron? He's 27. Wow, I'd say yeah. that's quite young. <laughs> For a goalkeeper, another 10 years. Yeah, I'd say that's quite young. You're a young chap, Aaron. You're a young chap. Quite the compliment there. Right? I mean, just yeah. if we've got a quick a quick time, just because you brought up Gazaniga. Oh, we, we've, we've, we've got a call. Oh, okay. We've got okay, a call. No problem, uh, no Shuban is on the line. Okay. How are you, Shuban? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Shuban, how are you, buddy? Hello, buddy. Is there any chance I'm you could turn your radio off, please, pal? It's actually, I'm on Bluetooth. That's the reason why. Oh, being safe. Unless you want me to get three points. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We do not advocate that on the show. We won three points when we went, but not anything else. Oh, yeah, we definitely like three points on a match day. So no, it's a quick question about um, basically about Nando and uh, Musa. You said you're speaking about him, and um, so basically my question would be: I don't think I know how much we'll get. Maybe maybe 15 million tons of both of them if we we sell them now. So would you reckon? Would you advocate maybe instead of selling them now and getting the cash, keeping them? They're settled. They know the system. They know how to um, you know have what you know wants, and we will need them for crucial games because I very much doubt. We can bring anyone really in January without playing a King's Ransom that can give us that kind of impact, immediate impact we're looking for. And the other question would be, um, who do you see yourself, who do you think should replace Musa and Nando in the summer? My vote goes to um, the Diawara from Napoli, and it's a controversial one, Daniel Sturridge, because he says his contract is expiring. And I'll take my answer off there, so just avoid the feedback. So thank you very much, guys, and hopefully, sorry for the, for the host, I hope we get the crap out of you on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and so is all of us. Schumann, <laughs> that will be your last appearance on this show, Schumann. <laughs> <laughs> He's only joking, Schumann. Don't listen well, to him. Schumann, well, well, joking. Schumann, well, uh, it's Chris here. Um, regarding the, the Moussa Dembele, I think the reason why he's going is because the contract is ending, and... Spurs being Spurs are, are, are doing business very well and, and they, they're cashing in at the right time and uh, you know getting a bit of money in before he goes uh, for free. Um, Fernando Llorente, uh, perhaps he's played his last few games for Spurs. Um, I don't know, but um, I don't feel like Fernando Llorente has contributed as much as we all probably wanted when he when he signed from from Swansea I was I was quite excited and uh, I thought you know he scored goals he uh he would score a lot of headers for us but sadly it hasn't really worked out that way and I I know he's got a, a couple of hat tricks in the in the cup competitions but that's about it um but again earlier what I said that I don't think Pochettino will be bringing any players in in January and some of these players who would perhaps leave in the January window, I don't think that they've done an awful lot to 
to be there anyway, or I don't even think we'll miss them. And I know that might sound a bit harsh, but there are some players in the squad, people like Inkudu, if, if they left... Um, would we miss well, him? Yeah, no, you, you're not going to notice the likes of Inkudu going or Janssen. Yeah, I mean, Janssen made his comeback, didn't he, uh, in the Spurs shirt for the first time, I think it was last week, was it? Or Liverpool, Liverpool. Yeah, 45, 45 minutes. 25 minutes. 45 minutes. Um, I, I think you make a really good point, but if Dembele won, uh, he's a, I, I love the guy. I genuinely do. I think mm. he's been brilliant for us. However, for the last year, because he, we've been managing his game times and so on and so forth, he's not a bigger miss than what he would have been if he was playing every single week. Exactly, yeah. and, and I think that we've... Uh, I, I'm not sure the club's managed him in or uh, out or anything like that, but it's because of his injuries and because of that, it's almost automatically fell that way and with the rise of Sissoko you're kind of going okay that's his replacement already so people are asking about the, the, the Dembele replacement he's already got one it's, it's a £30 million player who was rubbish for two years and now who's undroppable so I think that's his, his replacement essentially on there I think the other thing as well sorry Rick is the emergence of Skip you know our philosophy our belief as a club the project that Pochettino talks about it isn't about 50, 60, 70 million pound players we don't yeah. operate in that way we never have and I'm not saying we never will but maybe with a new stadium and so on and so forth but look what happened to Arsenal so who knows but our philosophy and our belief is that to bring you through and I can't understand any Spurs fans not that I'm saying that you were, like, you, you were doing this you at all, but I can't understand why any Spurs fans wouldn't be singing from the rafters with an Amos and a Skip and a KWP and a Harry Kane because they are one of our own. Mm. You know, uh, Harry Winks. It's fantastic that we're yeah. bringing these these people through the club. So if a Skip, if we go and buy a 50, 60, 70 million pound central midfield player, yes, it might take us on to the next level uh, look at Stoke City they spent £50 million in the championship £25 million more than any other club and they're 14th, 14th in the league so, and they just sacked their manager and they just sacked their manager so it's not just about that but if we do bring in these big big players what happens to our youth system what, does our beliefs go out of the window so what I'm saying is are we happy with a skip? Is he the finished article? No. Can he be? Does Potch trust him? Does he know the system? Is he only 18? Tick, 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 tick. He's exciting and we should be excited about that, shouldn't we, Rick? I do agree. And I think back to Chris's point, I think this particular winner of January is always a tough one because you're looking at players that can come in and improve the squad we've already got, which is tough based on what we've got. But with Dembele, very quickly, can I just say, Aaron, he's been a great sermon for Tottenham. Mm. And I think the move sorts suits all parties he's got six months left on his contract nine million fee he goes to China gets a big wage which I think he's deserved he's put a massive contribution to Tottenham and I want to wish him all the best Tubin what's the score going to be on Sunday um, I want to be polite to you but um, <laughs> you don't have to you can, you can do you can say what you want pal oh no I don't this is a family show but um, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to go for um, I don't know maybe uh um, sorry, 2-0 or 3-1 to us. I, I mean, I think you guys are, are doing well. Um, Pogba and Hattel are, are liberated. But I think defensively, I don't think guys are where you want to be. And I think hopefully our desktop will, um, you know, will show, you know, and obviously finally going away. You want to leave, you want, you want to leave us with us all some good memories before, you know, before we go to the Asian Cup. So, yeah, so sorry, mate. I well, hope we get the crap out of you. I can, <laughs> I, can t- I can tell you four things for certain, Shubin. Either Spurs will win, either United will win, or it'll be a draw, and we're going to go for a break. Thank you very much, Hugh, for your uh, call this evening. Love Sport, 5.58 a.m. Five, five, 
I cannot. I cannot reply. I cannot repeat. <laughs> The Honestly. noise that Lee McQueen made. Paddy is on fire. When, the, when, this, when he heard the start of this track, you know, you know, just the start of this track, pads. You know, <laughs> just the noise he made was just some. <sighs> oh, it's I need, to, I need, I need to have a breather. We need on Jace's massage table, I think. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, by the way, shout going out to Pumpkin tonight. I think we're in the bath, so uh, happy <laughs> listening. Whilst you're in the bath, happy shout, out, shout out, Pumpkin, one of our uh, favourite listeners. Loving it, mate. Loving F- it. Favourite, or you know, but you're you're all our favourite. So the O two O eight seventy twenty five five eight. If you want to have your say this evening, Ricky Sacks. Okay, we've got loads of questions about Gazaniga, so I'm going to hand over to Lee in a second. But we got one in from Mario here. who says. If I can ask you guys, what do you reckon is the possibility of Gazaniga given a chance of the number one spot? I have so much more confidence when he's between the sticks rather than Lloris. Also, we haven't lost when he's played. Like I said to Chris, Lee, what well, do you reckon of that? And well, we've got loads think, uh, more on Gazaniga Yeah, I mean, well. just to add on to that, so the future is bright um, at VDVWHL. Does Gaza look f- uh, very comfortable in the nets more than Lloris these days? Um, and at uh, SN Part, uh, 1S SN Part... Very good. Um, also says, do you think Gazaniga could be our number one goalkeeper in the future? If Dembele goes, uh, we've done the Dembele thing, should we get a replacement? And lastly, Habib ha- uh, at Habib Hayes, I hope I pronounced that right, sorry. Does Hugo have a fight on his hands uh, with Gazaniga? Is Gazaniga becoming to threaten um, him for the number one jersey? So all, all key questions and, and come back to, to Mario's question as well. I think it's fantastic to have a goalkeeper who's 27 years old, obviously looks like me, um, which is a massive, <laughs> massive bonus for him. Um, no, I think it's fantastic to have a 27-year-old goalkeeper who is putting in performances, like Chris said earlier. Was it nine now? Nine, yeah, He's yeah. played nine and won it. nine. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. Again, Potticino come out this week and said he, he was the man of the match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a fantastic performance again. He looks so assured. I think his distribution is excellent. Um, and he's almost one of these, uh, you know, these new, generation goalkeepers that are coming through that, that do look at getting the ball out quickly out passing feet, it yeah, out yeah. of his feet that sort of stuff so I think it's fantastic I'm still a Hugo Lloris man even though um, Eager <laughs> is my double obviously <laughs> but I, I, I genuinely think it's fantastic and just to come and look at uh, is he going to be the number one or not putting pressure on Hugo Lloris can only be a positive thing there's no yeah. negative about that what do you think Chris? Well, any competition is great competition. Um, to have that record nine out of tie, nine is in- absolutely amazing. Um, but Hugo Lloris is our captain. And the bottom line is, he's the captain. So when you've got a club captain, you can't just suddenly get rid of your club captain, no matter how many games someone's winning when they're playing. Um, but from talking to so many fans before and after the game... Um, a lot of fans feel very, very comfortable with him playing, and uh, he's the team like, as well does. Christian. Yeah, yeah, exactly, no, exactly. Yeah, the distribution well. is very, very good. Um, although we we insist in playing it out the back, and some people were getting very, very frustrated at Chelsea game. How many times we we touched the ball in our own box? <laughs> um, but everything Gazaniga's done, um, every game he's played in, he's made some great saves. Every mm. game, isn't it? He's, he's I know there'll be some out there saying with every great save he's made, he's also made a couple of moments, I know Jason brings it up, where he's had a bit of luck. If you remember he, the he second half, he spilled one, he but then luckily the defender's yeah. there, Sanchez get, clears it off. But maybe he's had that bit of luck where uh, Loris hasn't had that slight element of and it. Look, and also the distribution piece, there'll be listeners shouting at the radio now, going, hang on a minute, he, he put one in yeah, midfield that comes it. straight back. It's, uh, that's fine. Uh, again, I think the philosophy now of the of the Pep Guardiola's, of the Chino of of Klopp is it's okay to make a mistake. Yeah. Like they're happy to, and he's still learning because he's still it's learning. Fine. It's that philosophy mm. piece. I think he's quality, and I think that uh, for a future, a future 
replacement of Lloris, then absolutely maybe. And you, you might see, I mean, Lloris is 32 years old, just won a World Cup, he's a club captain, he's absolutely mint, love the guy to pieces, and he's our number one. But with a 27-year-old uh, hot on his heels... Um, who looks like me? Um, you know, he, he could get he could get the uh, he could get the number one jersey. Who knows? But you, it's so important for a team like Spurs to have competition in all areas, and um, that's what I think that we're really missing: um, competition for Harry Kane. Um, but competition for the goalkeeper it is only going to make them try harder, I agree. work harder. Um, it's only a good thing. I, d- I don't want to dig out any of our players because they put the shirt on and you know I support them all day long. But it, you know Michelle Vaughan, for example, 35 years old and his last uh, I think four months, five months now of whatever is it, of his contract. You never ever felt when when Vaughan came in. Mm. Yes, he was a capable goalkeeper, yeah. but you never felt really comfortable. Yeah. Whereas with Gazaniga, you do. You feel comfortable. And this is what, uh, come back to a point you made earlier, Chris, as well. We, there's so many people on Twitter uh, and so many fans I hear of and watch and whatever and they criticise our squad depth. I think our squad depth is outstanding. I genuinely think it's outstanding. And it proves this point when Liverpool make nine changes or whatever against Wolverhampton Wanderers the other day and they go and get beaten by them. They got, they, they got taken apart a little bit. They're, they're, not, they're not good enough to, to to make all of them changes where Tottenham, I mean, look, you could argue that we also got beaten by Wolves, it's a bad example, but Tottenham have made changes all the way throughout the season and ev- mm. every player that's came come in, and I'm including 18-year-old Skip in this as well, everybody's felt comfortable with. And that's, that's mm. testament to the management team and Pochettino, Jesus and, and the players themselves. Yeah, and, and full credit as well to uh, Tony Jimenez, the, the goalkeeping coach, because he, he works so well with, with, with every goalkeeper we have. Yeah, yeah, it's a good shout. Nice one, Tony. Nice one, Tony. Plenty coming up uh, after eight o'clock tonight. We're going to be uh, we're taking more of your calls, answering your tweets, answering your listener that questions flown, as well. Isn't it? That it is has, it has. Where's that gone? Time flies when you're sitting in a freezer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lee McQueen's going to be doing some more dancing. Um, oh, we've got. Can, is there any way we can go live on something like Twitter or something? Just just Periscope uh, for the song. We have to oh, plan for we'll that. Just for the song. Right, okay, stick around. If, you, if you're on social media, try and join us on Last Word on Spurs on one of our platforms. I'm always worried there's a camera in here. We've been bugged no, in No, no, one of the platforms because it's going to be worth it just to watch Lee McQueen's dancing oh after the God. news and, and the singing as well. Uh, it's Love Sport Radio with Last Word on Spurs. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. This is the best bit of the song. 
Wembley. <laughs> Wembley. The four Wembley, cups, isn't it? It's the Wembley. four cups now. Four cups. Win the quadruple. quadruple. Dave Ellis, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> what a tune that is. Jason's totally. on the Jason's on the massage table, just, you know, banging it, it along. Just it, like it. It. Hang on a <laughs> Let me just let me just take, take you up on that. Jason's on the massage table, banging it along. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. We're it's not even past show. nine o'clock. Is it, We're is not it in the watershed? No, no, it isn't. Blimey We're not even past nine o'clock. Sorry it's last one radio with last word on Spurs. <laughs> Good evening. My name's Aaron Paul. I'm guiding you through the next hour of Spurs if we make trying it. To, yes, we're trying to. We're trying to. We're trying to. Ricky Sachs is in the building. Uh, Chris Cowlin, Labour, is in the building as well. And so is uh, is Mac and Eager. You get me. I've got to cut my hair now. There's no chance I can cut my there hair. There was no proper dancing today. No, I just, I've got a bit like, i tell you what it was. Rick was banging his table. My earphones started flying all over the place. Do you know what thing as well? You pa- started talking about pumpkin in the bath. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we, we missed Paddy on the chair as well. Yeah, we do. Pa- oh, Paddy was on the chair. No, he no, wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't oh. this week. No. That's why I wasn't the same. He wasn't. He wasn't this week, but yeah. Um... Of course, we're taking your calls this evening. 0208 70 25 Got your opposition view coming at half past eight this evening. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to the game between Spurs and Manchester United. <laughs> Just had a tweet in from Jace, which I can't repeat. No. And Robin <laughs> is on the line. How are you, Robin? Robin. Hi, hey, how are you guys? Yeah, Hi, Robin. Happy, well, happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friends. To you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, um, firstly, with regard to the Chelsea game, just really... Uh, harking back to the, what was said before, it was great to win clever. You know, the amount of times I've been frustrated as a Tottenham fan where, you know, I've seen, you know, especially like uh, Jason was saying earlier, teams like Chelsea beating us when, you, when I thought we deserved to get more out of it. Uh, it, it was great to see the frustration that the Chelsea fans had. And um, and I think that we, uh, and you know what, I don't see us getting beat at White Hart Lane. Sorry, at Stamford Bridge. Um, I, think, um, I think obviously Chelsea are going to come out they need to get that goal, so they're going to be more open, which is actually going to, I think, play into the way Pochettino would like to play against them, and it will give space and gaps for the likes of Ericsson and Delhi and the others to, to exploit, and I, and I actually see us winning that match at Stamford Bridge. But um, the reason why I wanted to call and speak to you guys was just to get your views and opinions on what's been going on over the last few weeks with this stuff with the Y word controversy. What what you thought? You know what your what your views were. I, I I've got to be honest with you. Um, I've been I've supported Tottenham Hotspur now since I've uh, from the nineteen eighty seven Cup final. That was a, that was a time that got me into it. Uh, watching us lose three two, tears rolling down my face. I've become a Spurs fan, and I never really appreciated. I've got a, a huge um, uh, a fan um, a friend base. Um, and people that I've worked with and all that sort of stuff through the Jewish community and, and, and that sort of stuff. Obviously, you know, I work for, with, with Lord Sugar and, and the Sugar family and, you know, one of my non-exec directors for my business is also uh, for, from a Jewish background as well. Um, and it was only up until about probably four or five years ago, I saw a documentary on the telly and I think it was um, Bedell, maybe David, da- Bedell, da- yeah. da- da- David Bedell, and, and he talked about how offensive the Y word is. And I never, ever ever thought that it was offensive because I'm not Jewish myself and I'm not from that community. And ever since that time, I've never used it since because I really felt that it was, it, it, it obviously offends people and therefore it, it shouldn't essentially been used. I know this is a very, very sensitive subject, um, but I'm just talking from the heart and talking from, from, from my viewpoint. So when we do the famous chants at the ground and I know why we do them and I know, um, you know what it means to our Spurs fans and it, it's not meant to be offensive or anything like that, 
I don't participate because I didn't realise uh, my ignorance or arrogance, if you like, or ignorance, I suppose, for, on the matter. I didn't realise up until five years ago, until I watched that documentary, that actually it does offend some people. And therefore, that's why I don't use it. All I'm going to say, yeah. Lee, is I agree with you. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's it's difficult subject to, to broach, Raven, to be fair, but, you know, that's that's how I see it, so... Well, no, I, I, I commend you. Sorry, Ricky, go on. No, no, please. I want you to finish your point. Sorry, go for it. Yeah, no, I... I you know what, um, uh, Lee, you literally took the words out of my mouth because, um, I, I, you know, the few times where I've been to Wembley or White Hart Lane and the chant starts, I just keep quiet and, 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 and don't get involved. And I've, and I've heard Spurs fans say that, some of them say, what's the... What, you know, we're trying to re, reclaim the word because, you know, but, you know, like, you know, but... That's, you know, I mean, the thing is, if for, for some reason the N-word had been, um, what's the word, uh, attra- uh, connected to our, the, the same fans wouldn't be, wouldn't be um, charting that word out. And, you know, when I hear Spurs, some Spurs fans saying that they're reclaiming the word and they're not Jewish, I think, well, that's like Jacob Rees-Mogg saying he's reclaiming the N-word because he wants solidarity with Chuck D. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous, you know, so I, you know. It is a complicated subject, and I know obviously it's part of our club's heritage and that, but I really do think it's something that we need to move on from, and it gives the excuse for other clubs, like for example Chelsea and so on, to be able to use that word as well, in, an, in not even against the club, in an offensive manner. Yeah, it's a very it's a very tough one, Raven. You know, unfortunately. Um... You know, when you when you sing in a crowd, unfortunately, you know you're one part of of maybe twenty thousand or however many people are going to be in that south stand at Spurs. You know, you, you're going to be you're, well. There that you go. You're going to be you're going to be one that. of seventeen and a half thousand. You you may not share the same views as as you know another person of that seventeen and a half thousand. You may not want to sing the same songs as another person uh, uh, another person of that seventeen and a half thousand. Unfortunately. We, we we want to change people. We want to change their views, and we want to change what you know people are thinking and saying. And, uh, and unfortunately, we can't. It's it's a real tough one. Um, Ravin, thank you so much for your C- call. Can I, can I just quickly say mm. that? Thank you, Ravin. But can, can I just say that you know it is it is about just that awareness piece. It is a difficult subject to talk about. But ultimately, if we don't talk about it, then ultimately nothing will ever change. So you know, I'm not getting on anybody's high horse or or, or, or whatever. But the reality is, it's there, and we need to we need to ensure that we are respectful for other people's beliefs I suppose and and, and we move on from there Rick yeah I just want to discuss only because we're closing obviously after an hour now I just want to quickly mention the performances of Kieran Trippier and Danny mm. Rose against Chelsea I was really impressed with Rose I think he's really coming back into this form that we you know known him for you know a couple of years ago where you know he's for me he's now got over these injuries Chris I think mentally he's in a good place as well and I just wonder if we can keep him in this kind of spot that he's in at the moment do you think he can get back to being one of the best defenders in the Premier League do you know when I was walking to the ground and it, and, uh, it came up on my phone Tottenham tweeted the, the, the team I was so pleased it put a huge smile on my face when I saw Danny Rose mm. in the team because Danny Rose against Chelsea against Arsenal and the big clubs yeah. he gets it doesn't he you he know he's going to get yeah, he gets it yeah. he's so up for it the crunching tackles, the runs, everything that he does in these massive games. He just, like you say, Lee, he gets it and he's, he's like a fan on the pitch. Yeah, and true, and, yeah. and he, he's just gunning for it and he, and he loves these matches and um, it didn't disappoint. And he was definitely my man of the match. I know other people say Gazaniga was man of the mm. match, but I think the official vote actually went to Danny Rose. 
Uh, we're gonna go for a short pause, and I. Oh no, no, no! Leave me quick. Come on, come on, come on! Come I just, I can't believe how quick this time's going tonight. It's mad. I, I was just gonna re- read out uh, a question here from at Matt Robinson because it, it relates to Danny Rose. Yeah. Um, at Matt two eight zero nine nine four. Look him up on Twitter. He is loving it. Um, he says, <laughs> "Is Danny Rose starting to come back to his best? And how nice is it to see Spurs grind out results and win ugly? I love it. Come on, you Spurs!" And again, just uh, uh, following on from from what Chris has said as well, uh, Danny Rose is getting back to it. My own only concern i know we're going to come back to this after the break my only concern is his age talk about that we will will do um i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this segment of the show off by reading out a part of a tweet says evening chaps argentina flag fist bump man with a beard argentina flag fist bump man with a beard argentina flag fist bump man with a beard argentina flag fist bump Man with a beard. I feel like you know Nick Hero on Countdown. You know, just going, <laughs> I know Nick That's really well. Your tea time top, teaser. Hashtag Comedy Spurs. Comedy Spurs. Comedy Spurs. Comedy Spurs. There you have it. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. This is Last Word on Spurs on Love Sport Radio. Um, plenty on the way this evening. I've got a quick one I want to read out from the Spurs steward. Said, hey guys, great show. I have a question that I shared on my Instagram page and debated at work for over a week. Who has undergone the biggest ability attribute transformation at Spurs? Gareth Bale or Harry Kane? Love to hear your views. Thanks. Wow. He's That's not even put Soko question, in there either. That's He's not put Soko in there. That's a shout. Where's uh, Musa? I, I was Macanega. My my first thought would be Gareth Bale, because if you remember, there's a crazy stat. You know, I love yes, a bit yeah. of stats. Yeah, I, I think he he played 28 games yeah, and yeah. didn't win a mm. game. Does it sound like that? It's Chris. He played a lot of games for Spurs when he first came, and every time he played, we didn't win. Were it away games though? Or something? I don't know. Or was I it home it was games, games as well? We were shocking. Yeah, but he was more worried about his hair, wasn't he? <laughs> but Ga- like Rick Gareth Bale was a great player before he, he came to Spurs. Whereas, whereas Harry Kane, whereas Harry Kane, yeah. Harry Kane, yeah. half the fans would have sold him. That's true. That's true. Spot yeah, on. that is true. Well, he that came to true. Spurs as a fullback as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was outstanding. As, as, as Don't a fullback, not a as a wing. Bell. What have you done to me with that question? And windows openly. Oh my goodness. Oh my bow. <laughs> we're, we're just so glad that we've had both of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I true. mean, you think of some of the players that have walked through the, uh, the famous gates at White Hart Lane. Modric, I think Modric. Modric. Oh, I mean, he's just won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. He's just he come through Spurs. I mean, Va- Van der Vaart, Berbatov, and Robbie Keane. It was at the game the other day, and you know, oh. talking about midfielders. Oh. Talking about midfielders. Great Chris, link that with. Christian Eriksen. There you go. A little segue into it. We've heard some quotes from him this week saying there are good discussions ongoing. So there's nothing there in terms of links to Real Madrid. Madrid. Chris, let's get your thoughts firstly on it because there's been loads of rumours about Christian Eriksen. I think we all know just how important this guy is to the Spurs yep. side. Do you think you're confident it'll be here beyond the summer? Give him what he needs, give him what he you wants. You say give him whatever he wants. Give him whatever Jason's, he wants. Jason hates that line, you reckon, yeah? No, absolutely. Uh, I think people say about Harry Kane being, you know, the, the one at Spurs. Mm. Uh, for me, it is Christian Eriksen. Mm. Christian Eriksen makes everything tick. Everything goes through him. Um, the amount of assists, um, running off the ball, everything he does for us, um, we need to keep him there and we need to give him, um, you know, perhaps it's a bad term, but y- you need to give him the money yeah. 
to keep him at, at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club because he is just sensational. I think what was really encouraging this week when we heard from uh, the likes of Ericsson, uh, I think, it, and it was in the day, you know, some of these stories always come out when they're in Danish or something like that or in Spanish and it's always oh, been misinterpreted or That's whatever what... it is, but, you know, it was in Danish and um, it was very, very positive, the comments that he made. Same with Alderweireld Road as well, very happy to stay and sign yeah, the, the extension and all that sort of stuff. I think the, the, the problem that we've got is not necessarily him wanting to go now because it doesn't feel like that he wants to go. Again, he's come back with the whole rumour thing. I think there's there's something behind the scenes that that is not quite right, which I don't think is a problem because I think it will be sorted out. The fact of the matter is he's got 18 months left on his contract, so we don't have to get rid of him. But the sell-on value for him, obviously, if we don't get rid of him, let him go like mm. an Aaron Ramsey scenario, which is daft as hell or Sol Campbell situation you don't ever want to be and Levy's come out and said that will never happen again so the reality is if he doesn't sign a new contract in the next month or so he's going to be sold 100% because we will not let him run his contract down but I think there's been some positive signs don't you Rick like coming I think out so. of them, them comments yeah. No? yeah I think so listen again he's he's open I to negotiations it's a money thing no, I think he, the good thing about Ericsson is what we can tell, Chris, he's open to negotiations with Tottenham, which is the most important thing. He hasn't, yeah. hasn't closed the book. But I do feel that, you know, like you said there, I think he's so important to this Spurs side. And of course, a lot of it's about Harry Kane. And Kane will get all the headlines, he scores all the goals. He's irreplaceable. But that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, how could you... I don't even... We had this discussion on last week's show. I don't know if there's any player out there I could think of just walking to this no. side and replace him. No. It's not easy. No way. Yeah, no, I think I think that's the that's the that is the the one. And you look at the Liverpool scenario; it's always a good one. I think with Coutinho, where where he was sold for 140 million or whatever to Barcelona, he was their best player, he was their playmaker, he was like their kind of Ericsson, if you mm. very very similar players. And what they did with the money and what they've gone on to do without Coutinho, without a doubt, they they have a better they yeah, have a yeah, better yeah. team for for it. To, to be fair, so look, I'm I'm not trying to put a well, I'm always positive, aren't I? So I'm not trying to put a massive positive spin on it. I totally agree. We, we have to get him to sign a new contract. I personally don't think it's a money scenario. I think there's, uh, I think Jason's brought this up on the pod and also on the show before. Christian Zenkson has always had a career path and I, he needs to ensure and his representatives need to make sure that the club is where they need to be. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's something to do with a new stadium or if we get into the Champions League. Or Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Or, or Potchfitch, exactly. Mm. So it's not just about a money thing. I, you know, I, I think that the, the, I think the club will reward him for being well. It might be something like, yeah, I'm happy with everything, but I want more goal bonus or I want more assist mm. bonus or something like niggly like that. On the flip side, and I don't want to be sort of negative, but, but I'm, no, I'm not. I'm going to be realistic and I'm going to say the state of Real Madrid this season, they're fifth, they've scored half the goals of Barcelona. Um, they are going to go and spend. Oh, no, Hazard. That, yeah, listen. They will spend. Yeah, and that, the, th- the thing is, well, no, Hazard, and they're going to, they'll go and buy out, you know, out loud on a few. But it gives chairman the opportunity to just ramp up the prices, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Daniel Levy this week's come out and said, if if reports to be said to be true, um, 225 million. Well, now, only he uh, could get 9 million pounds for Musa Dembele, who's got one knee. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you look at this co- the cost thing. If, look, you're, you're looking at being realistic, if Christian Eriksen comes out and says, I want to go, which he totally said the reverse of that this week, which is mm. encouraging. Mm. If he turns around and says, I want to go, and we've slapped a 225 million price tag on him, and we go and get a, a record fee of 200 million from one, negotiations have started so be it that, that yeah, is the way of football 100%. nowadays you know that is the way of football and the club is bigger than the player and we, and, we, and we move on from that but Spurs are obviously doing something right whether it's basic wages bonuses whatever exactly. because 
since Kyle Walker, that's it, who, yeah. who who no. who's left? Yeah. Who wants to leave? And exactly. Uh, yeah. So have we got a couple of minutes? Because I've done some research. I'm trying to get dying to get this out here, guys. So <laughs> let, let me just let me just have a quick run through. We've got we've got Paddy, a couple of minutes. Couple of minutes. Yeah, you one, one minute or so. Okay, so hopefully I won't bore the listeners too much. But this is the state of affairs with the Tottenham Hotspur players' contracts in the first team. So there's people like Skip and Amos and and, and them likes and the and the youngsters um, that I haven't kind of put in. But if you look at our current first team, if you like. We've got three players um, at the moment that are out of contract in the summer, right? That's Vaughan, Dembele and Lorente. We've already talked about all three of them tonight and we're probably resigned to the fact in losing all three of them and we're probably, suffice to say, we're not that worried about it and mm. um, get some people off the books, free them up. The next problem that we have is one-year contracts left after this season, okay? We've got Toby, Jan and Eriksson. Now, obviously, we're talking about Eriksson. We talked about Toby as well. Jan always seems to go under the radar. We just signed an extension with him. He's still 31 years old, 32 in, in I think in March, and, and ultimately by the time his contract runs out, he'll be 33. So is, is realistically, the guy is an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender, and I love the guy to pieces, but are we going to go and give him a five-year bumper contract? I can't see that happening. No. When you look at Michelle Vaughan, 35 years old, he's about to go on a free. Dembele, 31 years old, he's about to go for 9 million. Lorente, 33, about to go on a free. Everybody that's over 30, the club seems to be like, okay, that's maybe not fitting into our world. Then you look at a Toby Alderweireld scenario, who's 29, 13 in a couple of months' time, and we already know that we can let him go for 25 million. Everyone's up in arms about it, and I, and I agree. I think he's an absolute... Bentley of a defender if Jan's a Rolls Royce of a defender but let me tell you something about this in the last kind of four or five seasons centre-backs and I know prices have gone up but centre-backs that are in and around the same age of Jan and uh, Toby they've kind of gone for about 34, 35 million pounds you know, VDV is 27 years old. That's why he went for so uh, VVD. Sorry, that's why he went for 75 million. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, um, uh, Bonici. Bonucci, Bonucci, he went for 35 million, he's 31, he went for 35 million, so getting 25 million for Toby if he he wants to go, remember, I'm talking about if they want to go, if he wants to stay, then we'll try and make it happen, but if he wants to go, getting 25 million for him. But that's what I'm saying, Lee, no no one seems to want to go, do they? Everyone thought that Toby wanted to leave, but but he doesn't, and and that's what I mentioned about Rose, because you come down the list, and then you've got people left on two-year contracts after this season, you've got Danny Rose, um, who's 28. Now, the thing is, the reason why Carl Walker left, you can sit here and everyone can have a go at me and say, I want to go and win trophies, this and have a fell out of the manager. But he wanted a bumper payout contract. Somebody was interested in him as a 28-year-old or 27-year-old player. And he knew to go and sign a five-year contract. That's their last big contract. No one's going to give a 32-year-old defender a five-year contract on massive wages, but they give it to a 27-year-old. That is the market that Danny Rose is in. If he plays amazingly well from now until the end of the season, is he off in the summer? Or are we going to offer him a new contract? The, the players that you don't want to worry about, I know you've got to go, right? But the players that you don't need to worry about, you've got people like Kane, Deli Alley, Davison, they've still got five years left on their contract. KPW, uh, Winks, Moore, Son, uh, all got four years left on their contract. So most of these players are signed up. The people that we need to worry about, and this is what I've put out to listeners, you, every coach banging on about signings. What we need to do is we need to sign Toby, Yan, and Ericsson, and then think about Dyer and Rose of long-term contracts. Mm. That would be damn sight better than going to sign somebody brand new to get into his football club. And that is why he won The Apprentice. (laughs) (laughs) From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio.
we're stuck with the wrong song on these shows, Aaron, I think. Hi there. Uh, it's Lost World Radio with the Tottenham Hotspur fan show. Uh, Lee McQueen is, uh, well, I mean, he's loving that track. Earth, Wind and Fire, man. Can't I go love wrong. a bit of Earth, love a bit of Fire, and I definitely love a bit of Wind. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That's it, uh, mate. It's that Christmas turkey still. <laughs> yeah. <Two> hours, mate. <laughs> Um, we've had uh, a couple of tweets in. Uh, we've had quite a few tweets in as well. I'm, I'm, I'm just a f- so busy oh, showing. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a bit lost with them. Um, we've had one in from Italy. S N P A R T. Snapart once. Snapart. I said, at last word on Spurs. Great job, lads. Big hello from Milan. Ciao. Yay. Ciao. Good to uh, good to have you on board. Uh, Cameron Yard Jr., regular listener, so says on, uh, you'll have a job topping the discussions on Nkudu and the music of Maroon 5. One question, and I presume this is to Chris, uh, should Spurs just uh, stay the rest of the season, well, say the rest of the season will be at Wembley and finish the stadium without worrying about pushing completion dates for this season continually? The stadium will be ready when it's ready. And uh, I think that we should move in as soon as possible. As soon as we get the chance to move in there, I think we should go in there. Talk now is of the Palace game on the 16th of March. Um, If it was the Palace game, we would then have five games um, in the stadium. Um, Is that including potential Champions League games? uh, No. No. So we'd have a couple more. Plus some FA Cup twice. FA Cup, yeah. Maybe. Um, But... I, I've been lucky to have gone in the stadium three times and every single time I've gone in, um, it has felt really special. Uh, the place is just absolutely incredible. It is like a, a, a bigger version of White Hart Lane. Um, it, is, it is something else and I think that every opposition fan, let alone Spurs fans, would be blown away of when, when they actually visit and go in there. Um, but from a, from a fan's point of view, someone who goes to every home and away game, um, I can't wait to go in there. And even last weekend, I actually visited the Etihad. I actually toured the Etihad. I was up that area and I thought, I want to tour uh, the, the, the ground because they've got a tunnel club at Manchester City and Tottenham will have a tunnel club as well. And I just wanted to see how it all worked. And um, it's a great feature because when you walk down the tunnel, with players walk down the tunnel, um, all they see is mirror. But yet the other side is hospitality and they see glass. So they, they see the players walking through. Fantastic feature of the stadium and, and Tottenham will have um, a better version of the Tunnel Club than Manchester City. Um, but in answer to the question, yes, I do think that we should move in um, sooner rather than later. Um, I think it will be um, a huge boost for Pochettino and all of the players. And not just that, a boost for all of us fans because every single one of us want to go in there and uh, we all can't wait. I mean, I haven't been as fortunate as you, Chris, to go into the stadium, but I've seen the the plans. Uh, having worked, uh, done, done some work with the club myself, um, and I've seen the the reports from from what you do on 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 the YouTube channel, all the stadium updates, and everything else that we've been looking lucky enough to to follow through Alistair Gold as well. And I have to say, I, I can't see anything other than an absolute boost as soon as we walk into mm. that stadium. Mm. Every you know, the, the fact that it's like a larger White Hart Lane, it feels like we're going home. I just I've got that image back right now for me standing 
uh, at White Hart Lane, oh, the, the last game of the season, yeah. Potts looking up, the rainbow going on. I yeah. mean, it was absolutely, yeah. it is so emotional to think back that. And the I most think, overused gif of the year by Ricky. Yeah, I no, but, it, no, but but honestly, it was absolutely incredible that day. And uh, I think we beat a load of rubbish on the other side. But I can't oh. remember. Um, but <laughs> I they got to the preview. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Aaron's face. Yeah, no, Never but, easy look, win. I mean, again, just, <laughs> just, just coming back to it, you know, passionately, I, lo- I loved it. And I want to get back there as well. I want to get back back there into that new statement and I kind of say if it's five games just in the Premier League for example that we go back I can't see us losing a game there no. the atmosphere the war it's going to be outstanding in actual fact you know in a funny kind of way ever since they've done that familiarisation event I yep. think I think the club from a communication perspective have got a lot of things wrong this year I think that is something that they got absolutely right and it came yeah. at a time when the fans needed it because everybody that's come out of that familiarisation event including mm-hmm. yourself has mm-hmm. said oh my God, you guys are going to be blown away by this. And it's almost like made us want it even more. Do you know what I mean? Well, 6,000 people went in, um, 3,000 for the first two hours, 3,000 for the second two hours. And I even said to some of the staff there, this is a great PR stunt for for the club because there were 6,000 people who went away tweeting, Facebook, everything else, saying how wonderful that stadium was. And at the end of the day, all 6,000 of us, we were going into an empty stadium having something to eat and having a having a yeah, pint yeah, out, yeah. out in the stadium. <laughs> and the delight, the, mm. the faces, the, the smiles, the laughter, the joy that it brought to every fan oh, going amazing. into an empty stadium. So, Can my imagine God, what it's like with 000, what is it going to be so, like when we play that first game? It is going to be amazing. I, I think that's why now it's frustrating, not so much the whole Wembley thing. I think people are kind of, oh, like, I don't want to speak to everyone, uh, for everyone, that a lot of people are screaming, not agreeing with me, but I think we're kind of over the fact that, you know, we are now having to travel to Wembley and all that sort of stuff. We said off air, didn't we? You know, for me, mm. I live in Oxfordshire, so it's actually it's actually easier for me to get to Wembley than it is to White Hart Lane. Whereas for, for you guys, it, it is is more. But but the reality of the situation is that it's coming, and when it, like you say, it'll be finished when it's finished, and when it is finished, it I think it'll be the best stadium in Europe. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for your questions uh, so far this evening. We're going to be back with the opposition view next. But very, very quickly, Sky Sources this evening reporting that Barcelona uh, want to sign Willian from Chelsea and have proposed a deal which would see Malcolm head to Stamford Bridge. Uh, that one would certainly be interesting. He wasn't exactly at his best uh, the other night. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled they're not going for Hudson Adoy. But yeah, um, Barcelona interested in signing William. We'll get the opposition view next as we look ahead to the game at the weekend between Spurs and Manchester United. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. The opposition view on Love Sport. It's time for the opposition view and uh, delighted to welcome former Manchester United defender Derek Brazil onto the show. How are you, Derek? Evening, boys. Is Hello, Derek. Spurs or Love Sport? Well, it's... it's a love sport. Love <laughs> last one's first loving. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek, what do you make of uh, what do you what do you make of the change since Ollie's been at the wheel? Um, please excuse the pun because it's not great. But um, this is this is his first massive test, isn't it? Oh, it is. I mean, I think the time is ready for for the change. Uh, I think the club of took the safety option, haven't they, of, of, of bringing Ollie in? Because they knew that the fans would, you know, wouldn't give him any stick between now and the end of the season. It was a win-win situation for the club, and I think the games that he came into, you know, were definitely winnable. I mean, I watched them at Cardiff City, um, um, 
and that was the first game afterwards. And you could see the difference and and how they played quite freely. And I think the players themselves, the, the pressure's off them a little bit because they were doing so bad this year that they couldn't have done any worse, could they? No, definitely, definitely. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of the Spurs game, it's, it's, I'm as as a United fan myself, I'm I'm not as concerned as I would have been or I was under Mourinho at the start of the season. I've got a little bit more optimism, but the back line just concerns me. Bye's uh, Bye's still suspended, um, but it, it, I reckon he'll play Jones and Lindelof again, which uh, with f- f- up against Harry Kane is is ever so slightly concerning. It is. I mean, like you, I'm a United supporter as well. And, and I watched Tottenham at Cardiff uh, last week, you know, firsthand. And obviously you don't see it on the telly, but the movement of, of Kane and Ali and Son and Ericsson, those, the, the, the four of them together, they, you know, if they hit it off, they they can cause teams a lot of problems. And, and they will, you know, it's back line, which has been shaky most of the season. Um, even though we've won five games, well, you can probably discount the, the the last game, but the four league games, there was there was still some hairy moments where we still looked a little bit unsure at the back, and you know, you it's already saying keep Kane quiet or Ali, but the four of them, even one of them, can even turn up something. Son on his own, for me, destroyed Everton away. Literally, he was amazing. But I think, I think what you're going to see is the way that the two teams have had a different week. You know, it'd have been out in Dubai, sunning it. You know, obviously training and get. You know, Tottenham have had a tough game against Chelsea. So, what effects will that have them for for Sunday? And I think Tottenham. I think they played something like thirteen or fourteen games in like thirty-two days. Ridiculous. You know, with with not a lot of changes in the team. Now, how are United going to react after this week? It's going to be a tough game going there, definitely. Um. But I think, like you, like a United fan, I'm more pleased that Solskjaer's in charge going there because I think if Mourinho went there, it would be quite dour for us to see in terms of possession and, and how we go for it. I think I think Solskjaer will actually go for it. You know, I think he he, he he's, he his biggest problem for me is who he plays in midfield. Not so much his back four, but who he plays in midfield with Pogba and Matic. I mean, will he play Herrera in there? You know, as as a, as, a, as a sitting player as well, because I've been impressed with Matic's change. Because Matic for me has been poor this season, but since Solskjaer's come in, he's passing the ball forward more. He's he's doing it quicker. He's getting more involved against Newcastle in particular. I thought he was probably one of the best players in the pack. He totally controlled the game for me. But I think it's going to be a tough game. And Tottenham, like I said, what effects will they have had after the Chelsea game the other night? Whereas United have had. Well, you could call it relatively easy week. So I think it'll be I think it'll be goals in it. I don't think it'll be uh, a one nil or a two nil. I think there'll be goals from both sides and 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 who does he start with? And and can Tottenham control Rashford? You know, can they if if Martial plays, can they control him? So Tottenham will have the problems as well defending as as United will. Derek, it's Chris here. Um, my, funny enough, one of my best mates is a, a Manchester United fan, and and growing up with him in the nineties, when you used to, <laughs> when you used to batter us most games. Um, you know, recently Tottenham have, have got a very good record against Man United. Um, how is it the fans see 
Um, when the fixture comes up now, you know, Spurs are coming to Old Trafford or, or you're coming down to London, how is it you see that game? Because growing up with, with my mate Alan, he, he, he always saw that the, the Spurs game was a, an easy win. So how do you see that now? Well, going, if you're going, hey, Chris, if you're going back to the 90s, you know, you know, you could go there and that time when they were, you know, they were 3-0 down, I think it was. <laughs> it was 3-0, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it came back you know, from 5-3. That was Brooklyn team, wasn't it? That was, mm. and he, but, he, I mean, Tottenham have also always had that soft belly approach that people have said, but there's a lot of steel in that Tottenham team now. If you look at the players you have defensively, you know, Batongan, Otherworld, I mean, the midfield alone is strong as well. So there's this toughness about Tottenham now that I'd say Pochettino was brought in because he was a bit of a tough lad himself, wasn't he? So he, you know, and I'm not going to say he's going to be United's next manager, that Tottenham are going to lose him, but I think he's brought that steelness in there. Um, and it is all great for United at the moment, but I was looking at United's seven, you know, next fixtures or whatever. You've got PSG twice, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal twice. If Solskjaer can come through them, and, and you know, and have a similar uh, effect as he has now, Tottenham might be able to hold on to the manager at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's going nowhere anyway. He, yeah, he ain't going. Well, I, you know what? That's what Southampton said, and I think. He put it out himself this week, didn't he? He, he? he just lit the touch paper a little bit by saying, he kind of questioned the board, didn't he, about the, we need to get to the next level. And he's obviously on about spending money. But he also said, not to interrupt you, sorry, Derek, he also did say in those quotes that he would be happy to stay at the club, you know, 20 years, even for the rest of his career, potentially. So I, I think the Pochettino quotes, listen, like you said there, we don't know 100% what the situation is. We can't be stupid. Man United are one of the biggest clubs in the world. But I think he's in a project at the moment with Spurs and, you know, he's built something here so special at Tottenham. And to go to Man United now, do you not agree he's having to, you know, do a lot of that work again, kind of rehealing the club? It's not going to be easy to go there and have to, you know, again, it's another transition for the manager. Yeah, I agree. I did see that quote as well, but look, I said that to my wife when I walked up the aisle with her the last two years. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fair play. Fair play. Derek, um, so, you know, I, so people can say stuff under pressure. People can Not to say I got married under pressure, but people can say things under pressure. People can say stuff that people want to hear. And I think, and I mean, if Pochettino does stay there, I mean, ideally, the best scenario for United is that Solskjaer continues this, uh, this vein of form. We do finish in the top four. I can't see us winning the, you know, the Champions League. If you get a good run in the FA Cup, you could win it. And like player power got Mourinho out, I think player power could get Solskjaer in. But it also depends behind the scenes, the murky waters of... And I'm not saying this has happened, and no one knows if it happened, but if United have made contact with, with Pochettino's agent or whatever and he does want to do that then I don't think whatever Solskjaer does then it's going to keep him in that job if Pochettino wants that job then no matter what um, Solskjaer does the board of United which have made some disastrous decisions over the last few years you know will probably rightly go yeah we will take Pochettino or we will take whatever they do it'll probably be the wrong decision anyway so, because they've made some right cock-ups anyway, haven't they? 
recently over the last few years in terms of managers. Um, but I agree with you, Pochettino could look at it and think, OK, if I go there, it's going to take me at least two, three years to, to get the squad, you know, or the players I want in and the, the type of style of play he wants to play. Um, because United have always been swashbuckling and all that, but you can only get away with that for so long because teams are better now. This thing of like, oh, we'll score, you score three, we'll score four, don't really happen that often these days because, you know, there's, there's teams in the Prem now, you'd say probably 12 teams in the Prem who could actually beat each other on any day. So those type of days are gone. But whether Pochettino, he's the only man who knows. And, you know, I know he said that the other day, but it was a bit strange that he actually challenged his board publicly. I thought, do you not think that was a strange thing to do? I think it's a difficult one. I think he knows the constraints he's working under at Spurs. He knows what money's available there. He's not stupid. He's gone and signed a new contract in the summer. Therefore, I think he would have been fully aware of what the club can spend. Of course, this stadium situation isn't helping. Spurs are trying to do that at the same time. of also trying to compete for the Champions League spots, try and be competitive for trophies. He knows that it's a very tough job, but also I think he's getting a lot of credit throughout world football for having to try and manage that situation whilst keeping the club consistently challenging for trophies, challenging for top four. I think he's doing a remarkable job. I just don't get, sorry, it's Leah. I just don't get why Man United want Pochettino. He's come from Espanol, one nothing. He's gone to Southampton, one nothing. He's come to Tottenham, one nothing. Like, and, and all of a sudden, Man United, the biggest club in the world, want Pochettino's one absolutely nothing. Oh, oh, we've just come through two okay. managers who have won pretty much everything. Exactly, exactly. It, it don't point. work. No, it exactly my point. Exactly it would be a backward right, step. They it, went for Mourinho. I mean, after Van Gaal and Moyes, you know, United was starved the trophies for a few years. I know Van Gaal won the FA Cup. But I think when they brought Mourinho in and he, and he got two trophies in his first two seasons, whatever, then it kind of... United fans were like, yes, we're back. You know, those days were back, we're back. But the bigger picture started to evolve then and that Mourinho probably wasn't the right fit for United. Now, whether Pochettino was the right fit for United is... Only time will tell, but I think he he's probably the one, you know the most sought after managers in in the world at the moment. You know, I mean, I think uh, it, and he ain't won anything. Exactly, I mean, I, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong, but he ain't won he nothing. Doesn't won anything, and everybody is is it's like Klopp as well. I mean, Klopp's another one who, for me, like I, ugh, most of my mates are Liverpool fans, and they they drive me mental, and I continually wind them up that. Saying Klopp is just, to me is a spoofer. He, he is, he is, and I'll tell you what, he'll be a failure if he wins nothing at the end of the season. Derek, we're going to have to leave it there uh, because we need to go to a break pretty urgently. We're very, very late indeed. Thank you so much for joining us, Derek, because they've given us the opposition view. Liam Dorsett will be with you next. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. McAneagan's got the moves tonight. He McAneagan. certainly has. Uh, we are uh, we're fast approaching nine o'clock. Let's go to Lee in Dorset. How are you, Lee? Hello, mate. You all right. What a tune that was. Oh, oh mate, Stone Roses tune, full goal. By the way, what a name, Lee. What a name. I'm loving your name. 
What are you going to say, Lee? Okay, I, I know this is a controversial subject, and I know you've already touched on it, so I don't want to labour it too much, but uh, this issue with the Y word, I just kind of wanted to put a, a, di a little bit of a different view of it. Um, I started going football in 1978 as a young boy, and uh, at that time, um, it was a start of a lot of anti-Semitism, National Front, all that sort of stuff going on around football, especially around Chelsea, West Ham, um, not so much Arsenal, but, but certainly those two. And uh, I can tell you, as a young boy, I, I, I had no idea about um, anti-Semitism. But what I did witness was a lot of grown men and young lads around me in the shelf um, getting absolutely upset at the chance from the Chelsea fans and from oh, the West Ham really? fans and all the rest of it. And so the, the birth of the, of the Y chant kind of comes about around that sort of time. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that the reason why it really was important at that time, and I'm not saying it's so important now, but at that time, um, you could really see that how much it hurt those people. And there was a real need um, for us as a group to come together. Uh, now, my best mate I used to go with is a guy called Ricky, uh, and who's Hello, from pal. Jamaica. Uh, and he's, and he's, uh, he's black, I'm white. Um, and at that time, again, there was also a lot of uh, anti-black uh, issues going on. So for Tottenham, we were very proud of the fact that we had lots of black kids, lots of white kids. We had uh, uh, kids from all over the place, um, from different backgrounds. But we all come together to support our Jewish um, friends. And that, I guess, is where it, it really comes from for me. Um, I'm not saying that we need to be doing it now as such, but... The idea that um, we cause some of this uh, on ourselves, um, I think, is is not a very nice uh, thing to put to us because we weren't in Hungary when Chelsea were singing Spurs were on their way to Auschwitz. So for them to do that in a place where lots of people actually went to Auschwitz, for that to be almost pointed at us as part of that reason i think he's unfounded and yeah, unfair yeah you know? no i got i got you i got you so i think uh, lee I, I think you know you make you make some 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 points there on a very difficult subject to talk about but uh i think there is some some good points there i don't think that um that we're, we're talking about on the show that we uh, that we've caused them issues or with, with the y word but i do think that now in the day and age that we live in we, we've much more educated with all social media and everybody's views i think the reality of the situation is we now need to be more respectful for other people people's feelings and if we're hurting other people with certain words or uh, anti-semitic uh, behavior then it needs to stop um and that that's my view on it so uh th thanks for calling lee just just a quick one um what do you think the man united score is going to be um i'm hoping i'm hoping for a 2-0 um i've got a feeling it might be a draw though Thanks very much, Lee. Really appreciate your call this evening. Chaps, let's look ahead to that game. Uh, Manchester United are the visitors at Wembley on Sunday. It's a half past four uh, kickoff on uh, Sunday afternoon. What's, what, I, I, I mean, are you worried, Aaron? De De Derek, Derek picked up on the point of who's in the playing midfield next <clears> to Matic and Pogba. I can't see anyone but Ander Herrera. He's the, the, you know, the man marker. He'll go and 
be set on someone, be it Son, be it Ericsson. You've got to Ericsson in our team. You, you, you do a good job. I think we've got the best front four in the Premier League. I've said it all season. I'll say it again. Them front four uh, fire. We, we've got the best front four in the Premier League. I also think that you've got a very, very strong attacking prowess and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will set your team up to go and attack. I actually think there's going to be goals in this game. I mean, I'd, you know, I'd love to see plenty of goals, but the United defence just scares me. I'm glad you said that because this is Sonny's last game before he moves yeah. off. Chris would be the perfect way for Sonny to kind of bow out for the moment. Sonny has been superb, and uh, yeah. he's a real fan's favourite now. And uh, I think we're really going to miss him. We are. Yeah. Um, what, what, so, sorry, Chris. I was just going to say what, one thing that I put a tweet out this week before the Chelsea game is that we get got to get behind as a 12th man or 12th mm. 12 lady in in the stadium. And and Sunday is a Absolutely yeah. massive game. It is right now the biggest game yeah. of our of season. Is, yeah, yeah. We need everybody to be together. I know it's a bit of a rallying cry, and I'm really sorry, but guys, girls, listeners, get yourself down to Wembley, get on the terraces, sing, sing, yep. sing. We need you there. It makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. They will score goals against us or potential to score goals against us with that attack they've got. They've got Alexis back in, Lukaku, Rashford, um, you know, Lingard pulling Pogba, some strings, yeah. Pogba. Pogba's a disgrace, by the way, as a professional <laughs> footballer. Utter disgrace. Um, you know, the way he got Marino sacked, the way he performed, over 300 grand a week and that guy, he could just turn it on Lee, whenever he Lee. wants. You're, you're a businessman. I'm a businessman. It's a disgrace, mate. <laughs> Utter disgrace. Right, remember right, remember right. my team. This is my question time. You know that. If a member of my team, member of my staff performed like that, they'd be fired. Not Right, okay. It's an okay. Do you know what the difference between your member of staff and Paul Pogba is? Paul million? Pogba is more of a saleable asset than than, mm. than your yeah, member of staff. I, I and that. at the end of the day, it costs twenty five million pound or, or fourteen million pound or whatever it is to terminate Mourinho's contract. With respect, it costs one hundred or two hundred million pound. I'm not talking about. To, I'm talking about attitude. I'm talking about that club. That club pays him three hundred grand a week. Absolute shambles. That guy pays him. Uh, that club pays him three hundred grand a week. He's a professional footballer. He, he needs to turn on every week I for seventy six thousand fans. Apart from apart from this weekend, no, but that's the point I'm making. And it's and it's so it's just classic top. A minute that from, from, from days of old, Man United turn up with a Paul Pogba son himself in Dubai, comes and, and racks up too. I think there'll be goals. It's not we just need Paul to... Pogba in Dubai. No, 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 I know it is, but what I'm saying is this classic him up with his whatever he does. Well, that you know, funny the, dancing, the, yeah, but that funny dancing, that's a bit like me. The, the reality <laughs> of the situation is, I think there will be goals. Chris, would you, I cut you off? Sorry, buddy, what do you think of on, on Sunday? Well, I think. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer obviously has done very, very well. Five wins out of five. Um, this is his big test. Um, I love the way that he does set uh, set up because he, he, he plays the way that Ferguson used to play with Four, him. 4-3-3. Three, three. With him in the very attacking. might suit us, Chris. that you're not going to come into the game yes. attacking, whereas if it was Mourinho, they might have come into the game a bit more cautious. They would have parked the bus. No no problem. And, uh, and I think that we would have... Uh, I, I would have felt a lot more comfortable if Mourinho was in charge. Um, but I'm still confident that we'll get the win. Um, I'm going to go for 3-1. Spurs? Yeah, of course Spurs. Of course. I think United come down to Wembley. Wembley is our home, even though it's our um, our temporary home. It's still our home. We're going to rock that place out on Sunday. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. We're going to be right on the heels of uh, of Liverpool after Brighton have uh, nicked a result off them. And we're going to beat Manchester United 3-2. I'm going to go with that. I think, I think Spurs are going to win 4-2. And Ooh, if Oli tries, if Oli tries to, to part the bus, we'll smash it out of the way. Which now we've all said that'd be nil nil. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, I'm going for a two two. Two two. There will be goals. I think. They'll yeah. be the hundred percent. There'll Great be goals. Game. I think there, uh, there, there certainly will be chaps. What a show we've had. Amazing oh, show. Amazing. Show. Thank, thank, you thank, thank you to everyone who's called in. Thank you to everyone who's tweeted in. Thank you to Paddy for pressing the buttons. Thank you to Lee. Thank you to Ricky. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to Jason. Banging that table away. Go on out. 
thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.